Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Men- the Mental Health Casual Podcast. I'm your host, Lucky, and I hope you guys had a great weekend. Uh, I definitely know uh, I had kind of a mixed weekend. It was uh, it was all right, and then uh, Saturday night, I've heard that uh, one of my uh, aunts passed away, and so it's very strange whenever you get to, you hear news of a loved one passing away. Even though I wasn't I wasn't the closest to her. But a lot of uh, the cousins that I'm very close to, this is on my Samoan side, by the way, um, a lot of the cousins that I'm closer to, I guess, I'm not super close with that side of the family, but a lot of the cousins that I am closest to, uh, that's their grandmother, or my aunt in this case. And so, uh, you know, it was it was kind of, it's strange, even though it, it, she, like I said, she wasn't clo- I wasn't close to her. Um, yeah, I still loved her, and I still, uh, there's still... It's just losing because, you know, I lost another aunt earlier in the year who I also wasn't super close to. But, you know, then again, she like I said, she's like uh, this other aunt was very close or She was uh, my uncle who's married to her is I'm pretty close to. So, uh, you know, it, it's tough because then you start to I guess you start to feel empathetic towards the people in your life, I suppose. Um, and, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a mixed bag. And um you know, I, I, I think the important part or the important thing to do whenever you lose somebody, um, especially this much, um, I think it's to continue to live your life. You know, I think sometimes we, we can either, uh, and by the way, I'm not trying to say don't mourn or anything like that. Like it really depends on the closeness, you, sorry, uh, on how close you were with the person who, passed away of course right that's the that's the important thing um but at the same time i think there is i think that there is a a time where we still have to do the things that we need to do right um i always go back to my uh my one one of the better therapists that i had um he always told me that listen don't he always made sure that i i never called out of work because of my depression or anxiety um that was that was not acceptable unless of course it was a bereavement of some sort but you still had to do things the right way uh because then you'd start to because the problem with that is you start to treat it as if it's something out of your control um and you don't want to do that Uh, now once again if it's something very severe right um uh loved one passing away somebody very close to you passing away or something like that then obviously you can get do the uh go through the right systems for a leave of absence or something along the lines of that but you know as i said before it's very uh kind of like on a case-by-case basis as well but he he just always told me to make sure that i don't uh make that a habit or anything like that and yeah i've always kept that uh you know that kind of uh mentality as i've gone along so that's why i went to the you know i went to the gym this morning uh i went to sleep early uh last night um instead of trying to stay up and um, you know, do that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm feeling, you know, I feel, feel good. And, you know, I think that's the one thing that we have to think about too, is what would the loved ones that passed away, would they just want us to put our lives on hold because of them or would they want us to keep going, uh, you know, despite, just despite all of that. And I, I think the latter would be the truth. Um, but anyway, let's go over to the, uh, we're going to be going over to the social anxiety subreddit today, but before we get into that, 
if any of you guys are new here, first off, welcome. This is basically what I do. I just go to different subreddits that have anything to do with mental health. I try and give some generalized advice and try and learn something new, but I'm by no means a professional, so feel free to take my advice with a grain of salt or apply it to your life uh, however you see fit. So, uh, yeah, now that I've gotten my spiel out of the way, I usually I usually do my spiel after my, uh, well, after my other spiel. So <laughs> usually, usually I do my little rant uh, after the whole spiel. But, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get straight into this. Um, not diagnosed, but I have, uh, but I have social anxiety. I want to try medication. Any tips on where to start? Uh, 15 year old male title. Basically, I never talked to my parents about it. I'm pretty sure they would not let me buy medication. So I would need to order it online. I have an immense fear of judgment, specifically appearance and being seen as annoying, even though I'm pretty average and not perceived as overly annoying. I know it's in my head and just need something to regulate the chemicals or whatever, whenever I'm in a social situation. Yeah, so this isn't a great idea. Um, first off, if you if you haven't been diagnosed, um, I'll tell you what you can do when you are diagnosed. Not you know, not something to do while you because you know being fifteen and being socially awkward that is not is nothing new, right? There's that's no, there's nothing uh, unusual about that. Um, it would depend on the severity, right? Are you and this is why I like to, to ask people or I like to pose a question is what what are the consequences of the thing that you're doing, right? What are the consequences of the alcohol yeah, that you're consuming? What are the what, what are the consequences of the weed you're smoking, right? Because um, if we're going to have this debate about uh, addiction and all this stuff, I, I just I find that the debate gets a little stale after a while and then we just start getting into semantics. Uh, and so same thing with anxi uh, social anxiety, right? Instead of you being diagnosed with it, let's just talk about, well, what are the consequences of it? Is it just that you are, um, that you are a little freaked out when you're dealing with social situations or is it that you're avoiding them altogether? And so, uh, but yeah, when, if you, when, and if you get diagnosed, you can start to look into things. SSRIs are usually, used in tandem with anxiety disorders. I don't know why, but for, for some reason, they, they typically, not just Zoloft, but I, I usually use Zoloft as an example, although I've heard of, um, uh, dude, I, I'm blanking out on the uh, the other one. La, ooh, starts with a, starts with an L. Uh, hold on, is, it, is this what it is? No, I, I feel like this is not the right thing for this, hold on. Lexapro, Lexapro, that's what I meant to say. Okay, yeah, okay. I've heard of Prozac. I've heard of a couple other things. I I personally took uh, Zoloft, um, but yeah, usually, oh, excuse me, usually SSRIs are used for uh, for depression and social anxiety. Or sorry, social anxiety, anxiety disorders. Excuse me. Um, and I, I like I said, I don't know why it works in tandem, but just hypothesis hypothesis time. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's because depression and anxiety are so co-linked. It seems like typically you don't have one without the other. Uh, that maybe it, maybe it, it, it attacks that same spot. I, I I really don't know off the top of my head why that happens. But as I said, um, yeah. So with uh, wh when you're talking about uh, medications or anything, there's no over. Um, hmm. I, I don't. I struggle to say that there's no. I, I'm not completely sure off the top of my head. Um, but a couple of things you can try to do. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of what. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, there's the the usual things, right? Working out, things like that. Um, but yeah, you should probably talk to um, talk to your parents and see if they you can talk to a therapist, a psychiatrist, something like that, if this is really where you want to go. Um, but I think this is more of you should think get to the root of this. Like, why is uh, um, why do you have this fear of judgment? Is it something else? And a therapist or a, a you know, a therapist would help you kind of get to the bottom of that. Uh, but if you're really looking for medication, a psychiatrist would be the way to go. Um, I'm not going to say, I, I don't really think, because I mean, to be completely honest with you, I don't really think there is really any medication that uh, over the counter that you could get uh, that would reduce your anxiety, especially for such a young person. Um, yeah. I can't really think of like, it, like I really, I, I'm, I'm really struggling. Uh, if you wanted to go like the all natural route, I think it was, I've heard like chamomile. I, I'm not super, I, I'm not super into the herbalistic, all that other stuff. If I'm not mistaken, I think I heard something about chamomile calming people down. Um, but I don't think that that's more, I think that's more of like a supplemental type thing. It's not like the cure to your problem. So, uh, you know, that's just, uh, yeah, that's just, uh, you know, a little something for you to, on there but yeah ultimately you'd want to get diagnosed if you are if you um really you know are as as you said uh that way so anyway let's go to the next post here i can't help but feel jealous my family just had some people over for dinner and while i was a nervous wreck sweating not making eye contact hardly saying anything etc my sister was as cool as a cucumber and while i'm glad that she doesn't have social problems like me i can't help but feel jealous watching how naturally Sorry, how natural talking and starting conversations are for her. I wish I could feel that confident. Well, I, and this goes back to the what we talk about a lot, right? Is practice is the only or the exposure uh, type therapy is the only real proven way to uh, to get over your social anxiety. Um, you don't get better with social anxiety by not doing you or any type of anxiety by not doing the thing that uh, makes you afraid right now it doesn't mean you have to go into like okay <laughs> i have social anxiety so now i'm going to go ahead and give a sign myself up for a presentation in front of a bunch of people right um it doesn't have to be that severe but it, it has to be it has to have some you have to have some level of exposure you have to expose yourself a, at least a little bit to the thing that is making you afraid um and what that does is it begins to you start to see patterns in the uh in the landscape so let's go back to something that i talked about before which was improv and i don't remember if i talked about this as much on this podcast um i did a video um i want to say it was like last week i can't remember off the top of my head but um where i taught where you know i didn't uh, reaction uh, okay commentary video about like El elliot hulse and him kind of mentioning uh, him kind of talking about this uh idea of one of his friends who who suffered with uh, or colleagues who suffered with social anxiety decided to just do uh, an improv class. And one of the things that I talked about um, when I had a person on my podcast named Ben Winters, Ben Winters, yeah, Winters, uh, who teaches improv to who would teach improv to uh, companies and stuff. Uh, one of the reasons why he did that was because uh, you know every situation that we're talking about, even well, actually, this situation kind of. In, in particular, right, with, when I'm talking about po podcasting and stuff, my particular podcasts are not scripted, right? So 
there's a level of improv when you're doing conversations there there's a certain level of improv right i don't get a script and you don't get a script uh right before we talk right with a, a certain level of that is uh improv so i think that's important to um to remember when you're going through um life now the one thing that i, that I took from ben winters when i when i talked to him was I, I never really thought about this, but he'd mentioned there is a certain uh, there's a certain uh, what am I trying to say? There there are certain rules in improv. Otherwise, everything goes south. If you think about it, right? There is there are certain rules that need to be applied to improv to improv, or else everybody on stage is just going to get wrecked, right? It's going to turn into a disaster, and to a certain degree. Even in social situations, there's a certain level of rules that are kind of met, right? And you learn those rules through doing the conversations, through uh, being a part of the social situations. That's how you learn what the rules are. Um, now, I'm not like a social expert, so I, you know, I, I kind of see the rules naturally. But you know, certain, uh, you know, certain rules would be um, to uh, your, your posture, that would be one rule, right? Not crossing your arms to, to open yourself up. Just certain, like, foundational rules that you kind of learn along the way, right? Uh, and you also can learn those rules from observing other people. That's another really good way to uh, to continue to, sorry, to, um, to, uh, to, to learn, right? Is to watch other people, right? Um, and so watching your what your sister's doing can probably help you uh, in the long run, but looking at it through the lens of jealousy, I don't think really helps. Um, and then also sometimes people with social anxiety, they tend to look at extroverts and they tend to look at them with jealousy or they tend to look at them as if they are the goal. Uh, when, you know, listen, I mean, I think naturally we just are introverts or extroverts. It doesn't really, but just because you're an introvert does not mean you don't, uh, doesn't mean that you, uh, you, have to live in a cave for the rest of your life, right? Same thing with extroverts. Just because you're an extrovert doesn't mean you always have to be around people, right? You, at some point, being alone as an extrovert is is advantageous. Um, it teach it teaches you to um, be introspective, to uh, think about, or sorry, to be objective about yourself uh, instead of just the way that other people see you. And then introverts, right? It's good to go out, um, you know, because we are a social. Uh, we're a social animal and we do need those interactions uh, and just being alone in your head all day is, is, uh, is pretty toxic. I, I have to say. Um, so yeah, don't, don't think about it as jealousy. Just try and think of it as, or try and or sorry, don't look at your sister in a view of jealousy. Try and figure out what you can learn from your sister. So anyway, let's go to the next post here. I feel as if everyone laughs at me and stares at me in public social anxiety, or do I just look ugly? I've suffered with this for many years throughout high school. Many people laughed at me. Do I look bad or is it all in my head that people treat me different to others? It, you know, it would depend. And this is how I kind of got out of this was I, I looked at it through uh, in, innocent until proven guilty. Uh, the reason why I use, I, I don't know why I adopted that, but I had to, I had to start thinking because the thing about social anxiety is you think that you know what other people are thinking when ultimately you don't. 
You just assume based on outward appearances that you know what people are thinking. Now, I think at, at some points you can get a pretty good guess of what somebody's thinking, but you have to be actively engaging with them to do that. Or, uh, or you know, maybe if you have a pretty superior um, reading of people's body languages, you probably do something like that. But um, a lot of times people with social anxiety, they tend to, th- this this radar, so to speak, is, is off. Like they just think that everybody has a negative outlook of them, um, hence the social anxiety. So, uh, so I always try to say that somebody is innocent until proven guilty. Me, uh, what does that mean? So when somebody is laughing with their friends, I, I just assume that they're laughing about something else, right? I just think, assume that they're laughing about something in their, uh, you know, it, it, whatever they may be laughing at. So it might be uh, something like, uh, it, it might be something like they, they, somebody said a funny joke or something like that, right? Um, and maybe they will, they look at you or something like that, right? That's not uncommon for people to look at other people, right? Uh, so I think assuming the best in the situation is better than assuming the worst because it seems like, I would say maybe like a close to eight times out of 10, it's probably going to be just them laughing in a random conversation. Like they, they probably don't even notice you. Uh, a good example of this, there's this episode of Jimmy Neutron. Sorry, I'm going back a little bit. Uh, it's just a show on Nickelodeon where um, this kid's feeling like super guilty because he did something. I can't remember what it was. His name's Carl Weezer. And he, 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 like nobody's looking at him, right? They're all just talking and, you know, he's feeling super guilty. He's like, why is everybody looking at me? And the minute he says that, everybody's like nobody's looking at him and then the minute he says that everybody's looking at him like what (laughs) you know why would you like what in the world is going on here so uh you know try not to just assume that people are laughing at you so in other words assume the best better out of them than uh, you don't have to assume the best but assume better out of them than just uh than uh you know, assuming the worst. I think that's a better way to go through life. And ultimately, we're not mind readers. We 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 really aren't. So, try not to uh, try not to think that way, um, or else it, you know, ultimately, it can kind of bite you in the butt. So, um, anyone sometimes just sorry, uh, this sentence is confusing me. Uh, anyone sometimes just not know what to say. Uh, as the next post. Sometimes I don't even feel necessarily anxious. I just don't know what the heck I'm supposed to say. I don't have any friends, and even if someone would walk up to me and talk, I would probably give the impression that I'm really rude and don't want to talk to them. But I just don't know what to say. I just end up, like, not saying anything or spewing out something stupid. I don't know... uh, I really hate myself. I wish I could just naturally talk to anyone IRL or in real life. Like, someone please can... Uh, sorry, I have no idea what this is trying to say. Like someone people, oh, so like some people can, can't, okay, I see. So I wish I could just naturally talk to someone, talk to anyone in real life. Like someone, like some people can without feeling stupid. Sorry, I, I think they have some autocorrect issues on here. Um, so the the key to this is ha- at least one way that I find uh that i've I've adapted over the years and you'll find this a lot in my podcast you'll find this a lot is i have filler things so sometimes i blank out and i i I really like i just i completely forget what i'm talking about right and sometimes when i do that i'll have a filler phrase i'm not i'm trying to think of what my filler phrases are so um in in podcast sense I, i don't usually use this in 
in everyday speech, but in podcast sense, I I use something that can usually be applied to uh, what I'm talking about. So uh, actually, I, I think I used one a little bit. I used this a little like just a couple minutes ago or something like that. But what I've learned, right? Uh, usually that what that is signals and I feel like I'm letting the cat out of the bag is I kind of forgot what I was going on about. So I'm going to say what I've learned. Um, and I'm going to say this about the broad spectrum of what I was saying. Cause I I've noticed sometimes when I'm editing my videos and I, I don't use a script. Um, that's usually on my mental health podcast. Uh, sorry, my mental health casual videos. Um, it, I usually will, will, completely i'll start saying something and I'll, I'll trail off and i'll try and bring myself back by what i've learned right uh it's almost like uh what i used to do i, I used to do this in essays too like where I'd, I'd write an essay and you you know i'd have these uh what are they i forgot what they called them it was like transition words or something like that but i don't think that's what they were but basically i would start each paragraph as uh as a list so it'd be like Firstly, secondly, and then in conclusion, right? Because back in second grade, it was like uh, two to three paragraphs, something like that, um, not including the intro and the out and the and then all of a sudden, like I'd be like in conclusion, uh, you know. And so those were things that I definitely did. Now, um, my teacher would usually tell me not to do this, but um, I think sometimes if you're really pressed on what to say. I think that you can uh, you can use some of these things. Um, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with doing that. And then also, I, I think another strategy that I've learned is to bring the conversation back to what you know or let the person know, like just directly, that you have no idea what they're talking about. Now, don't say it in that way, but you know, let's say somebody is talking about quantum physics to you. and Let's uh, actually, I have no, I have nothing to say about quantum physics. I, I don't even understand it. Um, but if they if they say something about quantum physics, right, um, and you understand it, then you can bring it back to something that you in the realm of whatever you understand, right? Whether you're an artist or something like that, there might be a metaphorical link that you can bring, um, or you can um, just say, I, I don't think I'm quite understanding that. What what do you what do you mean by whatever term they may have used or whatever? Um, I think that's that's probably a better way to go about things, right? Um, that way you don't get you don't dig yourself in a hole too deep, where it's like I I had no idea what they were, you, you were saying five minutes ago, and now I definitely don't know what you're saying now, right? Um, bringing things back to what you understand, I think, is a really big uh, it's a really big thing that I've learned. See, there we go again uh, <laughs> over over the years because. Uh, because you know, if you don't under, if you're not contemplating, or sorry, if you're not understanding a conversation, how are you gonna um, how are you gonna engage in the conversation? I, I think that's probably a really big. That's probably that's probably one of the biggest parts of conversations I've learned is if you're not uh, you know understanding things, you can't be actively engaged. Uh, and people are usually not engaged, right? If you if you think about uh, teachers giving lessons, if somebody doesn't understand they are usually not as engaged. That's just kind of how it is. And, uh, you know, uh, it's unfortunate sometimes. Uh, but, you know, when, when a teacher has a bunch of kids in a room, she can't always, or he or she can't always figure out what is on the student's mind. So anyway, hopefully that helped some of you guys out. Uh, I will have a link to the uh, subreddit, uh, the social anxiety subreddit in the info box 
Uh, also, if you'd like to check out all things casual, I have a, I'll have a link to the link tree in the info box down below as well. Also, if you'd like to email me, you can email me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com. But as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual.